are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And we've got a busy show for you today, Landon, but, uh, for you guys listeners. But Landon, first, uh, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Uh, you know. It's funny to pull the curtain back a little bit. We always are like, what, what, what's the next show going to be about? The, the the thing that we have always seemed to trust and always seems to pay off is there will be cowboys. There, it will show yes. up. It will manifest itself. And uh, yeah, sure enough, the, there is some stuff that we got to talk about, despite it being kind of a a lull in where we should be having cow- cowboys talk. There's there's always something to talk about. Uh, yeah, uh, th- this isn't actually necessarily Cowboys news, but it kind of is Cowboy news. Kind of is, yeah. Yeah, which is just the NFL. Uh, Sean Payton uh, announced yesterday that he was stepping away from the NFL, not retiring, stepping away from the NFL, stepping away from the Saints. Uh, and that led to a whole bunch of speculation about Man. his future potentially with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but before we get into that, just any thoughts about him kind of leaving the Saints? I mean, he had a great, incredible run there, and and to go out, I, I thought the the main takeaway from for me from from that press conference was what a fun press conference to have as you're walking out the door, like right. Yeah. It just yeah. seems like he was having a great time with the with the media that was there. He had clearly had such a great relationship with all the media, uh, had a great relationship with the ownership. It was it seemed more like it's just kind of a celebration than goodbye. Um, so that was my main takeaway, you know, as far as how it uh, applies to the Cowboys, uh, we'll talk about Sean Payton and him being potential for a Cowboy coaching. But I, I think the thing that I really took away was just the reaction from Cowboys Twitter and the reaction from Cowboys Nation over this and just how visceral it was. In you know, so some people are, oh, immediately fire Mike McCarthy and make Sean Payton the coach. Some people are like, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy are literally the same person occupying the same skin at the same time. Uh, you know, and, and, and just everything from like Sean Payton, you know, uh, uh, is, is terrible. And Sean Payton should be the next head coach. It's just the, the, the immediate, the takes were immediate and uh, fully they were hot. The spectrum. Yeah. And hot, <laughs> no matter what, what side of the, where they were on the spectrum, they, they were immediate and hot. Okay. Let, man, there's so many different things to pull back here, but let's, let's start with this. Do you buy the rumors or the, the the scuttlebutt that the Cowboys could be interested in Sean Payton in 2023? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you're a fool if you don't believe that. If you, I mean, like, I'm not saying that it's not gonna it's it's gonna happen or it's certain to there's, happen. There's interest there, right? But I mean, look, the story came out that there was already a, a, a deal in place between the Cowboys and the Saints to make. 
uh, Sean Payton, the head coach, prior to McCarthy becoming the head coach, right? Yeah. And literally the only thing that apparently blew it up, uh, and shout out to Locked On Pelicans, I guess, is is the Anthony Davis deal getting blown up and yeah. the fact that Loomis was the GM for both. And I guess, hey, guys, this is why you don't make uh, one GM the GM for both of your two professional sports teams, right? Yeah. This is this is exactly yeah. why. Uh, and, and, and I guess it, from the Saints' point of view, it, did, it worked out for them, if anything, but – uh, you know, the fact that there was already a deal, a structure in place that, and let's go back to this, a structure in place that didn't uh, require draft picks, right? right? It just required like essentially us paying the saints off essentially. Uh, to me, that means that obviously this is alive and well, look, I mean, Jerry Jones and the Joneses have a strong relationship yeah. with Sean yeah. Payton. They talk about it all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're a fool if you don't think that this is at least a possibility. And frankly, like that's the one take I, I will outright dismiss that this is not really uh, uh, a thing or a thing that the Cowboys are talking about. That's total BS. They've already so, well discussed it. Oh, in, yeah. In so we know how much the, the Jones family loved Jason Garrett, right? Like they, they just were super loyal to him. I feel like that's their love for Sean Payton times 10. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they love Sean Payton more than they love Jason Garrett. And we saw how long they stuck with Jason Garrett. So if Sean Payton is available like next day, next offseason, he wants to come back. I- I'm almost not sure what, what McCarthy would have to do this year in order to keep that job. Like it sounds awful, but this, I mean, they've wanted Sean Payton to be the head coach for so long here. I mean, it's kind of why the the Mike McCarthy hire to me uh, seemed odd, you know, is because yeah. like it, it at the time it, it makes sense like with the resume and and what I guess they were looking for in some some ways, but there's no ties between the Joneses and McCarthy. There's no like there was no like uh, 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 you know either yeah. even X's and O's kind of ties that would make you know that made that made that made McCarthy make sense other than he was an experienced head coach. And I don't think they wanted to groom another head coach, right? I think they wanted yeah. a guy that could come in and give them some credibility. And I think McCarthy does that, right? Like we already saw in year two, this team won the division, um, was 12 wins. Like he's kind of accomplished the goals that they had in mind. Right. Well, I mean, let's also like look at the context of all this, right? Like, if this story is true, right, that adds a new element to the timeline of this whole thing. And if Sean Payton really was the number one coaching target for the Cowboys last year, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Mike McCarthy to me seemed – it seemed odd to me that Mike McCarthy was – and again, you know, we can talk about the comparison between the two, but I think the situation, the fit, the relationship, all those things – uh, matter and, and it shouldn't be just dismissed because the they don't aren't, aren't reflected in the yeah. win loss record. But I think that makes a lot more sense when you look at it from the sense that okay, Peyton's our number one target. If we can't get him, we know Mike McCarthy is a complete free agent and it won't be hard to get him into here. And then once that deal fell through, they got a guy that they felt like was comparable in career and they brought him in and, and that makes sense. But I don't think that that diminishes the Cowboys' desire to bring Sean Payton in as the head coach at some point. I think it's also important to remember, like, Sean Payton might not have left the Saints if Drew Brees – I mean, so Brees came back for the 2020 season, right, the year the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy. If he retires after the 2019 season, maybe Sean Payton would be more open to leaving then, right? But he stuck around another year, and I think that's partly the reason why the Cowboys had to wait, right? 
But yeah. I want to continue to talk about Sean Payton yeah. and compare him to Mike McCarthy. But before we do that, wanted to tell you guys about online gambling. We're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. At the beginning of the playoffs, I think I predicted Packers-Titans to win the Super Bowl. Uh, not great. So let's let's give some revised predictions right now, Landon. Who, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I mean, look, I'm trying to make sure that if you guys are going to bet, you're going to win the big money, right? So I'm picking the Bengals over the uh, 49ers to, yeah. uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to really make sure that if you win – you're yeah, win big, it's like right? I think it's like eight to one right now. Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm taking the I'm taking the Chiefs over the Rams. Good Super scared Bowl. money. Don't make money. Yeah. Come on. Uh, make sure you visit <laughs> onlinegambling.com/nfl for all the latest gambling news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember onlinegambling.com/nfl to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right, let, let's have the McCarthy versus Sean Payton conversation again. This is all stuff that we could talk about in 2023, but the news is pretty recent, so let's let's do this. Do you think Sean Payton is an upgrade over Mike McCarthy? I I do because I think that the fit is a lot better. I think you get a guy who has more play calling chops, in my opinion, than McCarthy yeah. does, uh, who can add an element to this offense uh, that that I don't know that McCarthy can. I mean. McCarthy to me has been a strictly West coast guy for a long time. Whereas Sean Payton has been one of the people that has been on the cutting edge of developing modern offenses. I mean, really for the last 10 years. So, uh, you know, I look, you can compare all the numbers and all that stuff. And I think that all of that matters and ultimately results are results, but that's not all that we look at when making these evaluations and it shouldn't be. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not looking at, it's, it's not a results based evaluation. You're looking mm. at process and you should be looking at process. And I think that that's really where the difference is, is that I feel like what this team needed was uh, somebody to come in and, and help Dak and make it. And at times make the offense have an easy button. And that's where I feel like Sean Payton is one of the best in football at different points dealing with, you know, when, when Breeze was injured, when they didn't have uh, quarterbacks, when Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback, the, the way that he was able to create situations to make uh, uh, the offense run despite not having the yep. talent. I mean, there was, I mean, they lost Michael Thomas for almost the entire year and they were still able to function as an offense. Like, they were nine and eight. Uh, all they needed, all they needed was the Rams to win that last game against the, the 49ers, which they were up 17 nothing. The 49 or yeah, the 49ers were punting the ball with a minute 48 left in that game down by seven. If the Rams just hold on, the, the Saints are in the playoffs, which is insane. Yeah. It's it, it's I mean, the reason the, the, the difference to me is that, you know, I don't know. I, and maybe this is a, another terrible way to evaluate things. But to me, like when you play Saints teams, you know that you're I mean, Breeze is obviously Breeze, but you know that you're playing a Saints offense. and It's going to be a difficult out. With McCarthy, it was it felt like it was about Rodgers, yep. and and when when we when we came when McCarthy came here, we almost kind of had to relearn what McCarthy is, right? You know, yeah. So I, I don't know. This isn't a slight against McCarthy. I don't have a problem with McCarthy being the head coach at all. I don't have a problem with them keeping the status quo. Kellen Moore being the offense coordinator for one more year, Mike McCarthy, and then seeing if running it back improves things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not. 
I'm not you know ad- advertise, ad- advocating against that. I'm just saying that I think that the, the idea that Sean Payton is just a straight lateral move and there's no difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, so a couple takes that I saw yesterday is that Sean Payton is just better cardio version of Mike McCarthy. I don't agree with that at all because if you've seen, <laughs> seen Sean Payton lately, uh, he got a little chunky a lot of the last couple of years. Uh, no, I mean – Shout out I, to Joe. <laughs> I'm not fat shaming coaches. We're we not going to do buddy. that. We love <laughs> uh, Peyton is just way more innovative. And what he did for that Saints franchise was incredible. Like, I know the win-loss records are similar between McCarthy yeah. and Peyton. But, I mean, M- McCarthy inherited a team that won double-digit games in four of their last five games before he got there. They had a bad season in 2005. And that's just because Favre didn't play well. Where Sean Payton was taking over a franchise that was really, really struggling, right? I mean, decades, decades, decades. long struggles. Yeah. And I mean, he completely turned that city around, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. So when Payton, before Payton was the head coach, uh, they had they had one winning season from 1993 until 2005. One. I mean. Yeah. It's and, and, and he did inherit inherit uh, like a Aaron Rodgers quarterback. He got a Drew Brees that nobody else really wanted because the shoulder was messed up, and it was a franchise that couldn't attract free agents, and they became a powerhouse for the last decade, right? And even since Drew Brees' powers have faded, they've still been an incredibly yeah. difficult team to beat. Like they're just a t- difficult team to beat. And 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 they that's went, what I want. <laughs> they went six and zero with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill as their starting quarterbacks in 2019, right? I mean, that's really impressive. You know, yeah. again, I just feel like he does things that uh, that put his teams in great positions to win ball games more so than a lot of other coaches. Uh, and and to be and also to be clear, like it's you know he won 10 more games. Like I don't think that 10 more games is nothing, you know, like, no, and, and they've had some really tough losses in playoff games that weren't necessarily their, their fault. Right. Like the Rams offense or defensive pass interference game. Right. Yep. yep. I mean, my goodness. Like, and they were in a super bowl. I mean, like they just seemed like they were contenders every year, despite having lesser talent on teams. I just think he's really, really good. And I do think like a year off for Peyton probably would be great for him. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, and I think the other take here is, is the, is the, you know, the bounty gate thing, you know, I, I, I mean, that's to me, that's the defensive coordinator. Should the head coach allow that? Absolutely not. Did he deserve the punishment? Absolutely. He did. He served his time. I, I just, I don't view that as a, a problem that it's going to happen in the future. So that's no, I like it. He's trying to he's trying to do everything. He's trying to find the edge. I, I don't like I don't like I don't like the violent aspect. Yeah, of, yeah. I mean that was I can't like the guy that's try. He's trying everything to to win, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Sean Payton thing feels like it's going to hang over the Cowboys all season long, though, and it may be a good way. And this might be a good thing, right? Like Mike McCarthy knows just winning the division and losing in the first round is not acceptable, right? Like they've got to be, they've got to be a team that goes far to the playoffs and wins the Super Bowl. They're it's their time. Um I keep being told by a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys named Dak Prescott that pressure is privilege. Yeah. 
And Welcome if he doesn't privilege. perform this year, maybe Sean Payton and Taysom Hill come and take the job next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> definitely what I was implying is that Taysom Hill is going to be uh, the quarterback of the Cowboys in 2023. Uh, all right. That, that's that's enough Sean Payton talk. That's 15 minutes of Sean Payton talk. That, that's that's enough. enough for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get to some other things that are a little bit newsworthy. But before we do that, we should tell you guys about Get Upside. Our, our listeners are making up to uh, 25 cents per gallon on every single tank of, gallon of gas. Every single time they fill up, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app and use the promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more again that is promo code touchdown well also want to tell you guys about built bar it's the new year so that means new year's resolution if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include built bar in your plan built bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar it's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. There's so many great flavors, salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry cookies and cream. Uh, I like the coconut brownie chunk. Uh, peanut butter brownie is really good as well. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Lennon, we're going to finish up a couple questions from the other day and some newsy things. First off, Pro Football Focus uh, named their 2022 breakout candidates, and Osa Otikizua made the list. And I was thinking today, who do you think has a higher ceiling between Osa and Gallimore going into next year? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I can't wait to see what Osa is going to be like next year. I mean, I think with Gallimore, he's come into his sophomore year. You kind of seen the jump. I thought it was really impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of continued to improve a little bit more because he didn't get a ton of playing time this year, unfortunately, because of the injury. So he, he still has a little bit more development, I think, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just couldn't be more smitten with the way I saw Osa play early in the yeah. season. I think, you know, when you t- think about all the pressure that was put on him, early in the in the year with the injuries to Hill. I mean, Hill not even being able to be back on, on the roster yet. Mm-hmm. Gallimore's injury. The fact that they, you know, really were relying on both of those two guys to kind of break out to be a tackle uh, a pair and then hoping that Osa would just be kind of a rotational guy there. And then suddenly you're go- going into week two and Osa is the guy. I mean, he's the, he's your best defensive tackle pass rusher. Okay. Yep. The fact that he was able to produce under that pressure and to produce that early uh, was incredibly impressive. And obviously it looks like, it feels like all those snaps they poured on top of him early in the season uh, forced him to really hit the rookie wall in the second half of the season. I think he just was tired and beat up and, and you know, and kind of ran out of gas. Uh, so I, I expect him, you know, just knowing Osa and the way he handles things, uh, I expect him to attack the offseason uh, with, with the veracity. I think that Gallimore will as well. Uh, yeah. But I, I just think that you t- think about the kind of athlete that, that uh, Osa is – uh, with the intelligence that he has and uh, a, a full off-season program, a full off-season of working out and yep. getting better, the sky may be the limit for this kid. I thought about this a lot. Gallimore, I think, has the more athletic upside, right? He's just – he's a better athlete. Like, he ran in, what, the four eights or whatever at the combine. But I think Osa is just a more well-rounded player. Like, he's just better against the run. I think he can play both spots. 
Um, I I actually think they fit really well together. Like I think th- those guys make a lot of sense. Now they're a little undersized together, but Gallimore and Osa together are a lot of fun. Um, I probably would lean Osa. Yeah, I mean, I just think that you know you you think about the flexibility, the uh, the the wrestling background. Yeah. When all that really arms. gets all t- yeah, the long arms. When all that really gets tied together, uh, he has everything you need to be a, a really good interior pass rusher. Uh, so it, you know. it did feel like he hit a little bit of a rookie wall as the season yeah. went on. And it's probably just from him playing so many snaps. Right? Yeah. I, that's what I think. Right. It's just, he played so many snaps, so many more snaps than anyone expected him to, or anybody wanted him to, but because of injury and, and, and need, he had to, uh, and then played way above any of our expectations. Yep. I mean, the, the, the defensive tackles are very difficult to kind of transition to in the, in, in the pro football. So the fact that he was able to play at the level that he did was really impressive. I look forward to him again getting a year of training in the offseason and then coming back with a much more uh, uh, homogenized season from start to finish uh, after a year in the training facility. Yeah, that's one position I do feel much better about now than I did at this time last year, right? Like Gallimore obviously needs to stay healthy. I think Osa can be a really solid rotational player, and I think we saw enough of Tristan Hill this year to think, yeah, he might not be a starter, but if he's your third or fourth interior defensive line, you're fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you know none of us are thrilled with the fact that that's a second round pick that you spent on Hill right now, but I think that doesn't mean that he's not useful. I think he can be a, a really useful player, maybe just not quite up to what you expected. So, but that's I mean, look, he's had three. This he'll, he'll be going on his third defensive coordinator since he got drafted. So yeah. let's you know give him a little bit of break there too. Are you breaking news that Dan Quinn's not coming back? I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that, no. <laughs> uh, all right, last thing. Todd Archer today on ESPN said the Cowboys uh, are considering using the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz. Um, now, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it, I believe it's around one year, $12 million. You interested in that? Uh, you know, look, I, I've been the guy that's been saying this the whole time. I, I feel like I can't get anybody to agree with me that I think that they re- should resign Dalton Schultz. They need to find a way. Simply because of the fact that he's difficult to replace. I mean, I think you talked. We talked about some tight ends yesterday that you know you could sign. You felt like that could be replacements. But I mean, if you're looking for what Dalton Schultz does, uh, you know, sign him and, and 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 have him come around because I think it's one of the few positions that it's not as easy to just plug and play guys. I don't love it, but let me ask you this: If it came mm-hmm. down to Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz, both on one-year deals, or Amari Cooper on a one-year deal. What would you rather have? Because my guess is that you could get Dalton Schultz for twelve million on the franchise tag, probably a one-year eight million dollar deal for Gallup, and maybe even less than that, depending on where his ACL is at. But we know Amari is going to be one-year twenty million. What would you rather do? It's time to yeah. You know, look, it's time to have a conversation about Coop. Right. Like it's not an easy, it's not an easy cut and dry thing. You know, I, I think. I think it is, but that's what my, that's my opinion. I think that you rely on him heavily and, and that he is, um, he is underrated in the sense that you, you need him more than you think for this offense. But at the same time, what, where I've come on that is that he's not a good person to rely on. <laughs> like he's not a he's not a he's I mean he's not a consistent enough performer to rely on. I think I think if if you could tell me that that uh that 
next year Lamb would become the superstar, like the focus of this offense, and that Cooper, uh, uh, you know, would just be an incredibly high end number two target, right, or a one B target, right? I think I would feel like that's more palatable. What I'm scared of is that they'll continue to try to, you know, use him as the number one wide receiver and force the ball to him. And that the inconsistency that we've seen at the wide receiver position, you know, kind of continues because you don't, you have, you had these three wide receivers who individually all struggled to find any consistency. Uh, and then your, your top end guy on top of that, you know, needing to be force fed a little bit in order to kind of get into the game. It just made for <laughs> very kind of a, 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 an opening script that had a lot of demands on it. Uh, and, and, and I think that that's, I guess my point is, is that if we're going to be paying $20 million for this guy, I need to see more from him or you need to consider moving in another direction because it's not a situation where you're getting what you're paying for, despite the fact that, you know, Cooper can do this. Like, you know, that Cooper can, can perform. That way. Listen, I'm not going to disagree that he's not a, he he's not an inconsistent player, but, but he is, but when he's on and healthy, He's just such a good fit with Dak in terms of getting open and making plays after the catch. It's, I don't know. I, I would. I. What's, it's, where's the balance there? That's the problem, right? I, like, wh- I, where is it too much? I think it's a lot easier to play offense with Cooper, Gallup, or excuse me, Cooper, uh, Lamb, and Blake Jarwin and Sean McEwen than it is to play with <laughs> Gallup, Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and Blake Jarwin. That's that's my. I think you can find and replace those other guys a lot easier than you can replace Samari. I think that you're you're right up until the game where Cooper's having a bad game because he has a, a minor injury. But you know, and I mean, that's suddenly okay. you're on the field with a guy that can, you know is is your throw your burning targets at. You've got two or three other lesser than guys who aren't beating man coverage. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like if if you do that, you're paying. I don't want to call. Schultz a replacement level player because he's better than them but a non-superstar tight end basically superstar tight end money and I feel like and I know you can you can make the argument well aren't you doing the same with Amari maybe but I feel like we get six or seven games from Amari every year where he's just unstoppable and I, I, I think that's harder to find I think the difference is that is that Schultz may not be a superstar tight end but replacing his uh, uh, his product production is a lot more difficult. I think you can produce Amari's production with. Yes, I just I feel like Dalton Schultz is more of a, a product of the offense than the offense is a product of him, right? It, because you have Amari, because you have CD, he's kind of the guy that they, they have to leave open, and he does a really good job in that role. But I think if you if you if you take away Amari and you take away Gallup from this offense, I think you'd see. The efficiency and the production go down. This is my opinion. Yeah, and that, I, yeah. I mean, I think the point that we're we're coming to is that this shouldn't be an argument, right? Like this, sh- the fact that we're having this debate kind of is an indictment on Cooper's twenty million dollar a year contract, right? Like, like the fact that 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 what we're talking about a tight end who I think is slightly better than replacement, but you're right. You're talking about putting him on the franchise tag. I think the fact that we've, I mean, at least I feel that replacing him would be just as difficult as replacing Cooper and that this is even a conversation. Like 
I don't know. I, look, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I, I want to get rid of Cooper or, or, or anything like that. But what I am saying is that I don't think it's such a clear cut. I mean, Cooper has put himself in this position, yeah. you know, where where it's not a clear cut and dry whether the Cowboys should keep him. He's made decisions. He's he's done things that put himself in this position. You know, I mean, look, I, I mean, I, I'm not to bring this up, but he put himself in the position to miss that game <laughs> and, and and then came back and, you know, didn't perform as well. Those following games, those are all based on his decision, on his decision making. And so on top let me of ask that, you this. Let me ask you. even in the games, he didn't perform the way that we wanted him to. Would you rather move off from Amari or move off from Demarcus Lawrence? I, I think I think Lawrence is the better player. But Lawrence has now had multiple foot injuries, multiple back injuries, and he turns 30 this offseason. That's a legitimately fair question. And we love DeMarcus Lawrence. Like, we're huge, huge DeMarcus Lawrence fans. But with the cap situation that is, somebody's going to get moved here, right? Like, it's just, it seems pretty unlikely that they bring back all these guys with big cap hits this offseason. And again, I, I, I mean, how old is Cooper? Like 26, 27, probably 27. How is this not? How is the fact that we're having this conversation not an indictment on seven? You know, he's a 27 year old wide receiver that you think is a a sure shot for 1100 yards every year, probably seven plus touchdowns. Like the fact that a 20 that guy is is being called into question and, and being compared to someone who like Demarcus Lawrence, who again, I love. And when he's on the field is incredible, but has had injury problems is 30 years old, has a huge cap number and it plays on defense, which, you know, again, if you're going to pay your guys, probably yep. want to pay your offensive guys. Right. The fact that Cooper is in the same conversation with someone like Demarcus Lawrence doesn't <laughs> indicate that Cooper has been exactly performing to the level that the contract supposes that he should be. I will say that Amari's played in at least 14 games in every season. He's gone over a thousand yards in five different seasons. This is one of the only years that he didn't go over a thousand yards uh, because he did miss a little bit of time. The efficiency was down a little bit, but Cowboys are going to have some, uh, some tough decisions to make over the next couple of weeks, but that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. See you guys next time.